0: You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. It's an old one, but it's a good one. I haven't played that one for several years, so I just thought it was time to kind of dust that one off and bring it back out. How many of you have had a Christmas season like that so far? Anybody? Well, the good news is, you know, Christmas is almost here, but the truth is, man, the days leading up to Christmas can be hectic. Uh, It can be a crazy time for just a whole host of reasons. As a matter of fact, the Royal Society for the Prevention of Accidents really kind of confirms this. Last Christmas season, the 12 days leading up to Christmas Day, the number of Christmas accidents was well over 80,000. On Christmas Day alone, just last year, over 6,000 people were taken to the hospital for Christmas related accidents. Now, you ask yourself, what could possibly go wrong? Well, the most common accident are people stabbing themselves with scissors while they're trying to wrap gifts. One guy actually broke his nose trying to uh, wrap a present. Then there's the whole range of Bruises and broken bones uh, resulting from children that, you know, fall off of bicycles or trampolines or rocking horses. Several people fallen while trying to hang Christmas lights. Uh, Others slipped and fell on tinsel. And finally, Christmas tree, uh, you know, uh, lights on the, the Christmas tree accounted for more than 350 emergency admissions into the hospital. So Christmas, while merry for most, can become miserable for others. Now, the interesting thing is, the very thing that makes Christmas so great for kids is the very same thing that has the potential to ruin it for us as adults. The very thing that makes Christmas great for kids is the very thing that causes so much stress for many of us as adults the thing that makes christmas great for kids is that it's so simple right for kids it always works out in that you basically get what you ask for because all they had to do was make a list Hand it to mom and dad who send it to Santa Claus. And then the kids, they go to bed on Christmas Eve and they dream of sugar plums dancing in their heads. They wake up in the morning, they go to the Christmas tree and it's all there. For the child, it was pretty simple. The list to mom and dad, to Santa Claus, your kids' expectations were fully met and it was great then you become an adult we have this sign in our house that says don't grow up to become an adult it's a trap (laughs) and it's true you grow up and you kind of become an adult and you just wish Christmas could be that simple now now you wish for that simplicity you know as an adult uh, for different things But when it comes to Christmas, you kind of wish things could be just as simple now as they were when you were a kid. And so instead of toys, some of you are just wishing your families would just get along. Some of us come from families where it's anything but that. For some of you, you're wishing he wouldn't come to this Christmas celebration because he came last Christmas and he kind of created all kinds of problems. Some of you are wishing maybe she wouldn't come around this Christmas because she drinks a lot and she really gets obnoxious and she kind of ruins the celebration. For some of you, it's maybe that your dad wouldn't bring his girlfriend or you wish that these particular people wouldn't stay so long. You wish that you didn't have to invite so and so. You're hoping that the subject maybe of, you know, the Trump administration doesn't come up and start a fight. And it just seems like the craziness, the weirdness, the dysfunction in people and families surfaces right around this time of Christmas like no other time. And it's odd because this really is supposed to be the season of joy, of celebration, of peace on earth, harmony, Goodwill toward men, right? And yet it seems at Christmas, the weirdest, bizarrest stuff happens. Oftentimes we see the worst in people, and yet it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. So what do you do with all that stuff? Part of the problem is for all of us, to some extent, we kind of have this picture in our mind of how Christmas should be don't we if you think about Christmas in your mind the picture you have in your mind it's the picture of a perfect Christmas and in most cases it maybe kind of resembles a Rockwell painting the picture for many of us comes from our childhood because in our mind as kids growing up Christmas was perfect but then you grew up and you found out later it had more to do with the fact that you were seven than that it was perfect. At that age, you have no idea what was going on in the background with your family, your aunts, your uncles, cousins, grandparents. And then later on in life, you kind of learn that that guy really never was your uncle. But at the time, as a kid, everything was just so picture-perfect, wonderful Christmas. And now, as an adult, you're kind of wondering, what happened? Where did it go? Or maybe for you, it's the flip side. As a kid, Christmas was so weird. It was so dysfunctional. It was so crazy. It was so out of whack. And as a young teenager, you kind of started to catch on early on to all of the family drama and the dynamics. And so you grew up to become an adult, and you have now decided, you know what? We're going to have a normal, happy wonderful Rockwell Walton family Christmas and so in order to pull that off you kind of go into management mode into control freak dictator mode to make Christmas the perfect picture you think it should be maybe you'll tell your family we're all going to be here this Christmas and we're going to be happy and we're going to enjoy it whether you like it or not You're not going here, you're not going there, you're not talking on the phone. And as an adult, you're just so committed to wanting and creating a perfect picture Christmas. And as hard as you try, people don't cooperate and they don't act right. And at the end of the day, you're so disillusioned, wondering, what happened? So the question I wanna talk about this morning is can you have a Christ-filled Merry Christmas if all that stuff is going on around you? Can you have a a happy, merry, genuine, not pretending, but have a real, genuine time with all of that going on? And I believe the answer is absolutely yes. Yes and I want to talk about why it is I believe the answer to that question is yes remember Christmas is spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-M-A-S and there is a Christ in Christmas and it seems like something about moving toward Christmas for some of us the C-H-R-I-S-T part of Christmas it gets lost it evaporates somehow it just disappears and we don't know where it went In the midst of christmas it's kind of like the christ part of that has just vanished and maybe you become kind of like the grinch you maybe get in a bad mood and suddenly you're kind of talking and you're treating people bad you're ignoring people you're avoiding people and the like but i believe and we are able to bring the christ part of christmas again front and center And when it becomes the grid through which we kind of look at all that's happening, we evaluate, and we respond accordingly, I believe you can have a very merry Christ-filled Christmas in spite of what's going on around you and who's coming or who's not coming. And this year as I was reading the Christmas story, I was really struck again with the incredible irony. And it just really spoke to me. And I'm hoping it'll speak to you as well this morning. And the irony is simply this. If it wasn't for all the dysfunction, if it wasn't for all the junk, if it wasn't for all the weirdness at Christmas, there wouldn't even be a Christmas. Another way of looking at this, if it were possible for you to make Christmas as perfect, as idealistic relationally, As you could imagine that it could be, there wouldn't be a Christmas to celebrate. In Matthew 1, we kind of get Matthew's version of the events kind of leading up to the birth of Jesus, and I want to draw your attention to verse 21 because this is the lens through which we are able to look through and experience Christmas. And there it says, and Mary will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now God is is saying to us through Matthew's gospel, the reason I am sending my son, this baby, into the world is because I want to save my people from their sins. If it weren't for sin, God's saying, I would not need to send him. Now, the implication of this verse is, and again, this is so important to understand. If it were not for sin, if it were not for sinners, there would be no need, no reason for Christmas. If there was no sin, if there were no sinners there would have been no need, no reason for Jesus to come. There wouldn't have been anything or anyone to save. Now, the real reason that we celebrate Christmas is because the world is full of sin and sinners. And again, if it were not for sin and sinners, that means the people that kind of show up at your house for Christmas, the people that don't act right, and the people that stay too long, and the people who have their personal and their political agendas, and the people that are rude to you, if it weren't for all of those people, there wouldn't even be a Christmas to celebrate. There's another guy who touches upon this same theme and his name is John. Remember John, he was a disciple, a follower of Jesus. And following the death and the resurrection of Jesus, John kind of writes about all that he witnesses and heard from his time of walking with Jesus while Jesus was here upon the earth. And interestingly, when John writes his gospel, his eyewitness account of things, He writes about the coming of Jesus. And he speaks about it in a completely different way. If you were to look at the other Gospels, Matthew, Luke, Mark, John doesn't talk about Bethlehem, doesn't mention angels and shepherds, doesn't mention wise men, but rather he kind of gives us the high view, the high spiritual perspective of this whole deal. And I want you to listen to how John describes Christmas from John chapter 1, beginning in verse 4. It says, in him, and he's referring to Christ, was life, and that life was the light of men. Now, here's what John's attempting to say to us. God looked at the world. And from God's perspective, the world was dark. The world did not have any light, and the world did not have any life. Now, yes, there was a sun, there was a moon, there were stars, and there were people running around who had a form of human life. But that from God's perspective, as God looked upon the world, there was so much darkness So God looked at the world and he sees that no one in the world had any reason to forgive anybody because they had never been forgiven. And the people in this world had no reason, there was no motivation to patch up relationships because they had never patched up their relationship with God. And so the world was kind of left to itself to do the very best that they could do to get by. And God decided, looking into that dark-filled, lightless, lifeless world, that he was going to send his son into the world who would become the light and life of all men. Now listen to the next verse, verse 5. The light shines in the darkness. Again, he's talking about Jesus coming into the world, this dark world, This is how John pictures that morning there in Bethlehem, the day that Christ was born. And he said, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Or the darkness does not comprehend it. Or the darkness just doesn't get it. Here's the picture John paints for us. And he paints a picture for us that all of us have experienced to varying degrees. And some of you may be experiencing this very thing right now. It's an experience where you're living your life and you realize the way things are going right now, it's not working. You realize as hard as you've been trying, you cannot be the person you aspire to be. As hard as you try, you just cannot break that persistent habit. Try as hard as you want. You cannot love your spouse the way your spouse wants you to love them. You can't be as honest as you want to be. You look in the mirror and you realize you are not the person you wanted or hoped to be. Life isn't working. And as you look on the inside of yourself... What some of you see is kind of just a big mess. And you come to the realization you cannot fix yourself. And every one of us have come to a point, a place in our lives where we realize there is a degree of darkness in all of us. I had to come to terms this year there were degrees of darkness in me that I could not overcome on my own there is a lack of light inside of all of us whether you're born again or not all of us here this morning we are a mix of darkness and light and it was that darkness on a grand scale that God saw when he looked into this world and God's response to that darkness was to send his one and only begotten son into this darkness into this lifeless world to bring light and life to all those who would put their faith and trust in him but ultimately my main point is the reason there's Christmas was because their sin the reason we are celebrating christmas is because there are sinners and every one of us myself included we all need a reminder of this from time to time because you know what a week from now when christmas and new years has come and gone we'll forget all about this And then suddenly we'll kind of find ourselves back in the same old familiar places, the old routines, the old habits, the same messed up, dysfunctional relationships. So this morning, I want to just take something that is very, very familiar to most of us, probably all of us, especially this season of the year. And I want to kind of just add a new twist to it. Most of you, again, if not all of you, have seen this phrase on bumper stickers, buttons, posters, books. You've heard it numerous times in numerous formats. This morning, I wanna take that very familiar phrase, and I just wanna put a different twist on it this morning. And here it is. I am the reason for the season. Now, now stay with me here. I know for some of you thinking blasphemy here. Stick with me for a moment. Now, think about everything I just said leading up to this point. And the truth of the matter is, if it weren't for me, a sinner, Jesus would not have come. If it wasn't for you, Jesus would not have needed to come. If it wasn't for me and idiots like me, there would not be any Christmas. Now stop and think about the advantages of this for a moment. Imagine yourself driving around in a car with a bumper sticker on the back of your car that simply says, I am the reason for the season. Now, when you're driving down the road and you suddenly, you know, accidentally cut somebody off in traffic, maybe you forget to use your turn signal. Maybe you kind of you know, go through a yellow light that you thought was green, but it actually turned red, and, and people are honking at you and shaking their fists at you. You can simply roll down the window and say, sorry, I can't help it, I'm an idiot, I'm a sinner, but because of me and idiots like me, you get to have a Christmas. You're welcome, Merry Christmas. It's true, right? Now, now, now stay with me on this. How about this one? You are the reason for the season. Because all those people out there that drive you crazy, they're the reason. If it wasn't for them and other sinners, there'd be no Christmas. So those people that are going to come to your house or you're going to go to their house, the ones that drive you crazy, you can just look at them. Look at what they're doing. Look at what they're saying that drives you crazy. And you can simply say, that's right, you are the reason for the season. And you just proved it again right there by what you did, by what you said. How about this one? My neighbor is the reason for the season. My boss is the reason for the season my mother-in-law is the reason for the season my kids are the reason for the season I mean this has multiple applications it's a gift that keeps on giving right there are a lot of different applications and categories but I mean beyond the humor of just stop and think about it. it's true isn't it What Matthew tells us is true. If God's response to sin and to sinners was to send his son into the world, there would be no Christmas if it weren't for sin. You know, that means every time I bump into a dysfunctional person, someone that I struggle to get along with, you you know, somebody maybe that causes a dysfunction, maybe the kind of surface in me, Again, it can serve as a reminder of why we have Christmas. Now, here's how this can begin to change your perspective. The person who ruins Christmas every year, the person you least like seeing during the holidays, but because they're family, you maybe have no choice. You just have to kind of grin and bear it. So to avoid maybe having this potentially bad attitude and ruining your Christmas. When that person arrives, maybe you just greet them, say, Merry Christmas, you are the reason for the season. Now they'll think you're paying them a compliment, but it's just a reminder to you that if it wasn't for this person who drives you crazy, Jesus wouldn't have come and there'd be no Christmas. So every time you're tempted to get irritated you just remind yourself. I'm the reason for the season. You are the reason for the season. And because of that, I just can't get so mad at you because we wouldn't even be having this celebration if it wasn't for people like me and you. I wouldn't be getting any presents for Christmas if it weren't for people like you. So all of a sudden now this person who's kind of on your nerves, who's irritating you, suddenly he or she kind of becomes the point, the focus of this celebration. Jesus came for a person like you. Jesus came for a highly dysfunctional, crazy, weird person like me. It's true, all of the junk, all the stuff we see in people, especially this time of year, can cause us to lose the C-H-R-I-S-T part of Christmas. So why do we let these little things kind of irritate us and cause us to lose perspective? It's real simple. Because there is still some darkness in me and there is some darkness in you and the light and life of God that was given to me when I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ it hasn't totally transformed me yet I am still a work in progress. You are still a work in progress. You are on a path right now where you are maybe kind of in some areas of darkness, and God is walking you faithfully, step by step, out of that darkness into his glorious light. If it weren't for people like me and you, we wouldn't have the good times that we're about to have. If it weren't for people like me, God would not have sent his son into this world, but it is because of people like me, and it's because of people like you, and it's because of your relatives, the dysfunctional, the weirdos, the ones that get on your nerves, uh, that we even have Christmas. Because if it weren't for my sin, he wouldn't have come at all. Suddenly, you begin to understand that from God's perspective, sin and dysfunction is no longer, it doesn't need to be an interruption to Christmas. Rather, sin and dysfunction is the reason for Christmas. Amen. I know a lot of you know this verse from John 3:16. Many of us have memorized it. It says, for God so loved the world, the dark world, Here's Christmas, he says, that he sent his one and only begotten Son. That was Christmas. Jesus came. God came in human flesh. That whosoever, that is anybody. That is everybody in this dark, lifeless world. Jew, Gentile, everyone, everybody that whosoever puts their faith, their trust, their confidence in Jesus will not perish, but would be given the gift of eternal life, eternal light. And then at that first Christmas over 2,000 years ago, God made his first move, and what a big move to bring into this dark, dead world life and light and the life and the light that has the potential to transform men and women the light and the life that is working in many of us continues to transform us to change us more and more into the image of god more and more from glory to glory so let me just close I get encouraging when you see somebody who's not completely transformed and they're going to be everywhere. When you look in the mirror and you see somebody who struggles, somebody who's not completely transformed, just remind yourself, I am the reason for Christmas. I am the reason Jesus came. I am the reason Jesus died. I am the reason Jesus sent his Holy Spirit. And you'll begin to discover you have something in common with every single person you will gather with over this holiday season. That we collectively are the reason for this season. We are the reason why God sent his son into this world. And if there was ever a time to find common ground around that, it is this season. And that's why we can celebrate Christmas authentically without make-believe, without pretending, with all the people we gather with this Christmas season. But into the darkness, he sent light. Into the lifelessness, God sent life through his son, Jesus Christ. And you and I are the reason for this amazing season. Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you that it is for us. While we were still sinners, while we were still trapped in sin, while we were dead enemies of the cross, you sent your son into this world, God, not because of anything about us, but because of everything in spite of us. And God, you chose. This had nothing to do with us. We had no part in this, God. You chose, you initiated to send your Son into this dark, lifeless world that we who turn to you and accept that free gift of Jesus Christ, that that light penetrates our darkness, that life transforms our lifelessness. And Father, that is the reason this season and father we thank you for the greatest gift that has ever been given and that is the gift of your son jesus christ and father i thank you lord that all is required of us is to receive this gift to recognize there is nothing we can do there's nothing we need to do but father we just receive this free gift that you have given to us in your son Jesus Christ and father it is the greatest gift given and it is the greatest gift we will ever receive so father I pray this morning if there are those here this morning who are in complete darkness complete lifelessness they've never turned to you they've never trusted in your son Jesus father I pray by the power the presence of the Holy Spirit that God you would begin To speak to them, God, you would begin to move upon their hearts. Father, that they would hear you knocking on the door of their heart. And your word says, God, if we'll just open up that door and allow you to come in, we will have fellowship with you. So, Father, we just thank you for the gift of salvation that comes through your son, Jesus Christ. And, Father, I just pray for those of us, as we gather with family and friends over the holiday season God and Lord whatever those people may be about whatever they may say or do that kind of causes issues in us God again I just pray Lord that we would again just have the perspective that it was because of people like them that you came and God you desire to do a work in their heart just as you've done a work in ours and that, God, we can extend to them the grace that has been extended to us. And again, Father, we thank you that Jesus is the reason for the season, but that's not all. Father, we thank you, Lord, that it is also for us. We are the reason Jesus came. And we thank you for that gift. And, Lord, I just pray as families gather together, Lord, that, again, we would just keep Jesus front and center. Let him be the focus of of everything we do this holiday season and in the new year to come. And we thank you for all of this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.